Hello everyone, um, you are welcome to Nigel Podcast. Our mission in this podcast is simple, to provide you access to information that you need to maximize your destiny. And so with me this evening is... Bobby Uranta. And Clement Gosong from Cameroon. Awesome. So together, Story of Fells, we'll be sharing some of the information that we um, we believe will be helping you as a young person a young in making decisions to advance your career and business. Today, we are going to be talking about a very important topic, which we think is crucial if African youth is to progress. And that is the worrying situation of the out-of-school children on the continent. I read somewhere recently that even though Africa is not up to the population of India, neither is Af- the population of China, half of the world, 50% of the, more than 50% of the world's out-of-school children are in Africa. And if we believe that education is the bedrock of societal transformation, then Africa is not doing well with this situation. So today we consider it fit to actually talk about the situation, figuring out why it is like this and some of the solutions that we think can help address this and so let me begin by asking my brother and my colleague bobby and uh, what do you think about the situation of the out of school children on the continent you can draw you can speak generally or focus on a country of choice yes thank you very much ken um the out-of-school situation in Africa is is quite alarming. Um, so I was going through some some statistics the other day, and um, I'm sure it would surprise you all to know that out of the population of out-of-school children we have in the world, Nigeria takes 20%. In fact, Sub-Saharan Africa takes about I think 40 percent you know so that of course puts a lot of emphasis on how um terrible and alarming the situation in africa especially in nigeria yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy and you know why this is worrying is that if we cannot secure the education of young people today then the future is in serious jeopardy there is no future when we can have solid educational foundation for our young people. Anyway, let me go to Clement. Clement, what do you think about the situation of -of out-of-school children on the continent? Well, I think um, Bobby has um, channeled my thoughts. Um, Really, it's an alarming situation that um, us as individuals need to take up initiatives to look into it, right? Um, we shouldn't be waiting for um, government institutions and other um, big bodies to intervene in this situation. You know, I think a lot of us are just preaching the word out there, but little is done to remedy this situation. Uh, but it's an alarming situation, especially in conflict-driven conflict areas, like, um, for example, in my country, in my country presently um, regarding Anglophone crisis, schools have been burned. Every almost 300,000 students have dropped out of schools, and so 
um, oh, that's a really difficult situation in um, conflict-driven eras. Mm. So, did, did, did you say 300,000 students recently dropped out of school? For the past two years, um, yeah. for the past four years actually, we have had a high, a huge um, number of students dropping out of school because of the whole um, crisis happening in the two English-speaking regions of uh, Cameroon. So um, the problem is that we there's a lot of insecurity in local areas, and so students are very scared of going to school. Um, most schools have been burnt down. Other schools, teachers have run away for um, their safety. Um, parents also fear the safety of their kids. Um, they do not allow their children to go to school. So it's just recently, I would say, it's 2020, um, September, that parents are taking up the initiatives to um, at least give their, their children um, basic education at home. So there are some children who have been out of school for four years because of this crisis and they have not been able to learn how to count at the age of seven. Children have not been able to learn how to count and they have never seen the four walls of class. So it's really an alarming situation um, in the entire continent, especially in areas of conflict. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, the worst part of this is that when you have out-of-school children, you have children that are not educated, not only that they are, it's a product of conflict and political instability, but it also gives birth to, it gives birth to more conflict and more political instability. Because in the future, when these politicians, they want to cause um, crises and everything, it is still these dropped out young people that they will still recruit to carry out the political thuggery and all those stuff. So it's actually cyclical. Um, it, it's like chicken and egg um, kind of a thing. Conflict can give rise to children not being educated, or children not being educated can give rise to more conflict. Um, so sometimes it's more, it's complex actually where to begin to deal with this. Um, so, so, so are we saying, so, so are we saying that conflict is the only cause of it i mean because i feel like our, our focus now would be particularly in in africa you know mm. um so are we saying that we can we can rule out um conflict and uh, security as just the primary reason why we have such an alarming rate I'd um what do you guys say yeah, I wouldn't consider conflict the primary reason. I think it's a very important reason. There are several other reasons. Um, but let us even look at the issue of prioritization of education on the continent. Um, Nigeria, um, 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 in terms of the percentage of um, budget that is being channeled to education, for example, is extremely low on the entire African continent, but especially um, uh, um, South Africa is doing quite well on education. South Africa is spending more per capita um, than most countries in the world, if not the number one in the world right now. Um, so South Africa is doing well, and I think it's showing forth in the way they are being. And, and I like the point that you just made. Now I like the point you just made. Now. In fact, there's um, I don't know if you guys know of Voice of, of America. There was a statistic that I read um, the other day, where apparently in Nigeria only seven. 
of our budget in Nigeria, of the government's budget is allocated to education. You say only seven. Only only seven percent of okay. Nigeria's budget is allocated to education. I think I think that is quite ridiculous. Yeah. For a country that has that has over two hundred billion people. Absolutely. You know, seven percent is, is is quite outrageous. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's so it's so it begs the question because the issue is this: education is not being prioritized. If you look at our twenty um, twenty budget, um, the money that was allocated just for repairing the National Assembly where our lawmakers meet was almost the same money that is budgeted for education of the entire country. The difference wasn't much, and that's it. That's the money just to repair one building. So the prioritization that when you have not prioritized a thing there is no way you can begin to deal with it effectively so i think that is the main thing but also i think we shouldn't forget the fact that our politicians the politicians they know what they are doing if you prioritize education and you educate these young people you are shooting yourself in the foot that is their thinking because an educated populace will not be will not sit down and allow you to pillage and steal all their money because they know they are right but when a, but when you have an ill or uneducated populace you can oppress them as much as you want during election you can distribute rights to them that they will be jumping up and down because they do not understand the what democracy means and that brings me to something else that i want to chip in right now because Democracy only functions on the foundation of education. Literacy is very important for democracy. At least 90% of the population should be educated. And when you have a situation where you have majority of our people not educated, it helps our government to practice corruption-fested democracy because there is nothing the, the populace can do about it. So they don't really have incentive to fight the out of school children. That is my point. You know, you know, you know, in fact, in fact, speaking of this issue of the book um, you find out that in many African societies where um, the heads of state and the government claim to be practicing democracy, you know, just because of the affairs of not being sidelined in, in the international scene, you discover that in many of these African societies, we have a drastic, we have, we have, we have a very, very bad case of abuse of fundamental human rights. We have a very, very bad case of police brutality and many other factors that are, of course, associated with places where democracy is non-existent. You know, so I think it's, it's just like you said, it has almost become sort of like a weapon that these governments have armed themselves with. The weapon of not educating the masses, you know, because even if you look at um, Nigeria, for example, um, when you look at the stats, the northern part of Nigeria has the highest percentage. You have the people where, yeah, you have the um, the number of kids that are referred to as the Almajiris, you know, and these kids, there are lots of them, you know, and 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 these same kids are the ones that this government you know, as political thoughts, yeah. you know, in terms of election and things like that, yeah. you know, so which 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 now even um, makes us to now begin to wonder, 
So is the situation of us of school children in Africa, is it one that we impose on ourselves? Is it one that we actually have the ability to curtail? Or is it one that we're actually actively trying to reduce? Um, I think coming back on prioritizing, I think um, not the government is not solely responsible for, you know, um, the high levels or high numbers of people dropping out of school each year. But I think at local levels too, um, religion plays a role, tradition plays mm. a role. Yeah. Parents, the role, um, parents do play a role because poverty too plays a major role. Mm-hmm. Some parents give that rather than sending the child to school, preferably the child stays with them, grows with them, and helps them in the farm or helps them in the family business rather than sending the child to school. Other parents believe, or like, um, it's not even a belief. Research shows that what you need to keep up with school is actually more expensive than the school fees so some parents will struggle and get school fees and pay for school fees but then you need to buy textbooks you need to buy uniforms you need to buy the students um shoes to go to school so all those upkeeping especially when the child gets to an examination class it becomes a burden to the family and in a family living below the poverty line they would preferably leave the child to drop out of school and help them in one way or the other through farming or maybe learning some technical skill so that they can easily they'll find the fastest route for that child to gain a skill to provide for them to support the family so that's also um, one of the causes of um, the alarming rates of high school dropouts or school dropouts in general Thank you for that, Clement. So, what we are getting from this discussion is that the, it's a multifactorial issue. There is no single factor that you can pinpoint. There are several factors. And you talking about poverty, I think it's important because, you know, parents rely... I saw one post on, on, on Instagram a few days ago that I almost cried. So, this young boy um, went to school and immediately he came back from school the mom gave him a, a um, uh, told him to go and sell some some um, some fruits. So just coming back from school at four o'clock, having worked the whole day in school, now he had to carry this um, um, basket full of um, fruits to go and sell. So he came to one spot by the market and started sleeping on the floor. It was somebody that saw him and took a picture of him and posted on Instagram now at least the parents of this boy even allowed him to go to school come back before going to sell it's easy to condemn the parents that these parents are wicked instead of them to work to take care of their children but you have to understand the dire situation of many families in africa one person cannot feed the family every every everybody in the family child even from childhood is considered an economic agent you have to help to earn money and then there are some families that they don't even allow the children to go to school from morning they have to assist in hawking bananas potatoes you see them along the streets and busy roads of lagos children that are supposed to be in school have found hawking it's terrible um and the government can not... okay no yeah. no i'm just i'm just saying it's quite it's quite it's quite bad because you know even even um 
even some of these families, you know, this issue of the beliefs that they have, you know, some of them, because also I think um, that also shows that amongst these children, the girl child or the female children are actually on the higher percentage. Mm. You know? So you have families where they believe that children should, that, that, their, that their girls and their daughters have no right to be in school. The only thing that they are needed for is to walk and help with the house. And by the time they begin to you know, come of age, they need to prepare them to get married. Mm. You know, so it's, it's, it's quite a terrible thing because this this these um, girls grow up without no self-esteem. They have no type of female role models to look out for you know, or, to, or to look up to. You know, and they grow up only believing that their job is just to be an economic agent, as you said, mm. and you know, just to serve their husbands when they get when they now get married off, usually at very young age or very younger younger age. Yeah. You know? so I think it's just just a very very terrible thing, very terrible thing. Like, like, yeah. It's, it's it's a very it's, uh, yeah. So now let's let's look at the consequences before we move into the the solution. Because um, what are the consequences of out of school children? The fact that children who are supposed to be in school to be empowered. The fact of that. What are the results? Let me start with Clement. Um, as Bobby said, it is alarming within young girls and the major consequences within this age group of young girls you have adolescents who do not go to school you have a lot of teenage pregnancies a lot of teenage pregnancies and this is very alarming um, in major cities because sometimes when these young girls see their friends engaging in um, some type of lifestyle they want to um, leave that kind of lifestyle because of peer pressure. And before you know it, um, they are pregnant at the age of 13, 14. And that's a, a big problem. This problem also leads to is, um, a lot of street people. Mm. Sometimes parents are not understanding. Um, parents do not have enough finances to take care of um, new burden that the daughter has brought to them so it caused a lot of um, families to be broken and you see a girl of 15 14 ending up in the streets with a baby in her hand so this not to mention um, dogs and thieves all these like most of them are people who have dropped out of school and have barely had education these are just some of the consequences of um, Thank you, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I think it's very, very important, um, especially like the impact it has on our young women. Now, it's it's problematic not just for them, but even for future generations, because the children that these women will give birth to will also likely follow that path of not being educated not having role models around their lives to motivate them to see the value of education so it's cyclical if you don't empower young women now through education to better stand in society 
you are actually trying to give birth to more problems because an empowered woman will give birth to empowered children. Now let me move to Bobby. Bobby, what do you think are uh, actually some of the consequences of out of school children, high rate of out of school children on the continent? Yes, yes, yes. Um, thank you, Ken. Um, you and Ken have spoken very well. Um, I think it's also very important for us to know that, um, as cliche as this might sound, but really the children of every society are the leaders of tomorrow. And if there's one thing that really preps a child, you know, when, we, when we look at the, the um, social agents of, or rather the, the agents of socialization in a child's life, you know, after a child becomes, let's say, three, four, five, six years old, you know, um, and his family has taught him some little things, you know, it becomes time for that child to begin to um, interact with other kids like himself. You know, and this usually happens in school. Because, you know, if there's something that education does, is that it helps the child to build social skills. It helps a child to build not just academic skills, but social skills, the ability to interact, the ability to know what it means for people to have principles and values, the ability for a child to respect the person's face, the ability for a child to respect them, um, um, to, to respect the person's view, the ability for a child to be able to, you know, communicate um, his needs and his feelings in the society without being a menace. You know, so we discover that most of the societies where the crime rates are quite low, you know, these are societies where the children and the youth, over time, they have been developed, they have been brought up in good environments, you know, they, where they are being taught how to become leaders of tomorrow. So um, one of the consequences of um, um, out-of-school children is that the majority of these kids, they become weapons to be exploited by armed robbers, by governments to be used as thugs, because they don't have social skills. They don't have emotional skills. You know, they don't have um, 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 the ability to exist in a society and not feel out of place. You know, so I think I think that that's another that's that's, 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 that's another angle yeah. that that's, that's very very important. And also, uneducated children most times are not able to have are not employable. Um, they don't have the skills required required by the job market, and that begets poverty. And so it's a complex problem. So I, I think we've all established that the issue of out-of-school children is important. Now, we've talked about, most times we've focused on, on the micro-level consequences. But I think it actually has a huge, a bigger implications on, a big implication on the continent. Africa is currently the most youthful continent in the world. And it's projected to actually... Um, the youth um, is projected to grow up to, I think currently it's around 400 um, million. It's projected to grow close to 1 billion um, um, in the next few years. Next few years. Um, now, the problem is this. When you have this huge teeming number of young people and they are not well equipped through education, it is time bomb, ticking time bomb. You are coming to a situation where you don't equip young people to be able to understand 
how to operate in the world you don't equip them with employable skills so that they can gainfully be employed an idle man is a devil's workshop i have hundreds of millions of these young people roaming the street it's going to be disastrous now the young people that we have on this continent is supposed to be an asset to us they are supposed to be the demographic advantage that we need we need to leverage to transform this continent the talent the skills the energies of those young people if properly refined and channeled can usher in the development that we have always craved for for africa but if we don't do that if we don't invest to get these young people into proper education helping them to develop the capacity the skills through education it's going to be a ticking time bomb and we're already experiencing it in some of the conflict zones because when there is conflict these are the targets of the um, rebels and the political um, politicians they arm them give them some little money for them to cause them so there's huge implications and if we don't do something about the situation of the art of school children it's going to be it's it, it it's it's going to be a terrible situation and that brings us to talking about the solution um i think um talking about your book, what are the ways we can deal with this situation of out of school children we've realized that it's multifaceted there are different factors that lead to it there are factors that lead to it but what can be done to curtail the menace of out of school children yes 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 um in fact, it's quite multifaceted. Different angles to it, and for that reason, um, we also have to understand that they're different. Um, so, not just the government has a role to play. Actors such as uh, private institutions and even international institutions will have a role to play as well. Um, um, we begin to discover that, in fact, some of these international institutions actors are has even began to, you know, somewhat help, you know, try to solve, you know, this uh, dire situation that we have at the time. Um, one of the things that I think um, can be done is, first of all, having a sort of yardstick um, or, or blueprint you know, that every society should have. So this yardstick would serve as for example, the typical um, guide or the typical um, 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 sample of how every society has the minimum standard that every society should have when it comes to the construction of schools. You know, because the reason why I'm saying this is that in several African societies today, we discover that there's such a wide gap. For example, in Nigeria now, if you if you go to some schools in the north and you go to some schools in the south, you know, if you go to a primary school in the north, a primary school in the south, a primary school in the west, it is not that the standard of government schools are so distinct from one another. Whereas they should all have the same type of standard. They should all have a minimum standard that they should all meet to. You know, and and um these things should not just be in paper, but these things should be should be followed up. Mm. So I think that's one of the reasons that we have, where we have such a wide disparity in the basic standard of mm. this school. You know, because some of the societies do, as a matter of fact, have schools. 
but the standards and the infrastructure of this place are just so poor mm. that these children don't even want to go. Some of them don't have drinking water. Mm. So I think that's one way. Um, that's one. That's one way. You know, the problem can can, can be solved. Okay. So making sure that the schools are up to standard across the board. Okay, Clement, uh, what do you think, um, in what ways do you think we can actually um, mitigate um, this situation, um, help to reduce the, the scourge of out-of-school children? So, looking from the angle of accessibility, um, sometimes these schools are there, but they're as expensive or not accessible to the local person, to the layman. And then um, I would like to commend the efforts that uh, the Ghanaian president and their, his entire government is doing presently with regards to education. Um, they came up with the free SHS policy. The policy that gives free education to every secondary school student, irrespective of where you're from in Ghana. So um, I think these type of government policies and programs can um, goes a long way to increase accessibility to um, education and then um, reducing the rates at which people drop out of school, um, especially in adolescence. So I think implementing more of this type of programs or policies mm. across African nations would you know, really tackle this problem because first it's coming from a position of power and a position which is able to come from a group of people who are able to um, make sure that this thing goes through make sure that every student has an opportunity to see the forwards mm. in the classroom thank you so much so we talked about what the government could do i'm thinking do we think that there are things that the private sector the role that private sector can also play or even individuals the innovators the tech people can actually play in dealing with this situation So yes, um, there are a couple of things that, um, like a couple of initiatives I've come across, you know, trying to tackle this problem. Um, but I've seen that um, the one I've interacted more with are um, solving the effects of the problem and not trying to prevent the problem from happening. Um, so for example, the work with street children, try to, they have an education program, um, they have a housing facility for street children and after a couple of years or so i think about one year or two they get the street children enrolled into um, top secondary schools they get them their education back and this is quite commendable but um this is something the effects right this is um the problem has already occurred before you're trying to um bring back this child to school so you could find you know solutions or ways to stop the problem from occurring um, that would be better mm. I think I think that's a very good point and even when we look at the tech guys um, COVID-19 which were which, which the world applied also made us schooling and education does not always have to apply in the traditional way to I think this is where the public sector can come into play they can invest, they can start investing in alternative ways in which these kids can learn. But these kids, some of them don't have to go to school. Some of them 
know, some of them could be could be could be homeschooled. You know, um, some of them could be schooled via WhatsApp. You know, some of them could be. So they are different. How they used to look at it, you know, because if you if you if you realize that in Nigeria today now, the majority of Nigerians um, can afford a smartphone, even the ones from very impoverished. Um, 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 was it homes, you know, because at times you can come across a smartphone that is about 2,000, 3,000, you know, some of these kids that might not be going to school, they have it, you know, so this is, this is, this is um, an avenue that can be exploited to educate these kids, you know, imagine if the private sector begins to invest in alternative ways which these kids can actually learn, you know, they don't have to go to classes to learn, they don't have to go to. Um, they don't. They don't always have to rely on the government to create, you know, some type of an up-to-date type of school for them to go and learn, you know. And and um, the fact that they're learning at home, it also even helps them to be able to help their parents at home, you know. So I think I think that's another way um, a solution can be can be made. Mm. Okay, great. Um, so another concept is that right? The concept of the concept of um, like um, leap um, frogging. So we, how is it possible that we can leverage technology since we don't now need to start? Instead, because we've been struggling with the challenge of building enough schools for all the children on the continent. But is there a way we can use technology and talk about? online whatsapp and so on and so forth to actually educate these young people um the, the challenge with that is that even technologically we are we, we the, the major people that suffer from this situation of out of school students many times are people in the rural areas of which they they don't have access to maybe the power maybe the technological facilities to help them to participate and benefit from this e-learning and um, new technological approach of transmitting knowledge. So in that case, it's probably for the private sector to figure out how to actually um, create more um, opportunities, technological in route into these rural areas, giving them access to data, to information that will help them to also partake. Because if, for example, every person on the continent, no matter where you are, can have access to internet and can have access to then we can turn all their houses into education centers we don't need to start building so many schools anymore we can leapfrog and take advantage of the modern system of learning absolutely yeah awesome thank you so much guys it's been a wonderful exciting discussion around the issue of out of school children and uh, we've all agreed that it is an important um, uh, phenomenon, uh, phenomenon that needs to be handled and needs to be tackled if Africa, if the future of Africa is going to be secured. Um, and for our listeners, we want to thank you for um, being part of this. We believe that together we can all do something in one way or the other to help to deal with this situation. Uh, I'd like my colleagues to say a passing word. Yes, yes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, it's been such a very fascinating 
appearance on the show. Um, please stay tuned and um, keep listening to us as we will be bringing you guys more in-depth information and resources that help you, you know, and help us in everything going to external things you know, in our various lives and various careers. Thank you. Okay, great. Clement? Yes, um, I would like to end by saying a big thank you to um, our, moder- our moderator, Dr. Kelly. Um, I think he did a fantabulous job um, in moderating the conversation. And then we have had quite an insightful talk regarding um, the situation of out of school dropouts in Africa. And I I, I am hoping that these, you know, the points of highlighted would challenge or inspire someone to take on the initiative to sponsor even his one child who has dropped out of school, that you know, do your own part in making sure that the child sees the forum of the classroom. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And good have awesome. a wonderful day.